Praise the Lord. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. I give you greetings from God's house of salvation where the pastor David T. Gatlin is the senior pastor and the co-pastor of this house, Branch of Zion. And I give glory and honor to, for his service to the Lord and also for being my husband. Today, let us begin with prayer. Gracious Father, we bless you. We thank you for being the King of glory. We thank you for being our Father, our Redeemer, our Shepherd, and King. We thank you for reconciling us back to you through your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. We are thankful to you for the Holy Spirit, who is the promised advocate, who empowers us to be effective witnesses to your kingdom here on earth we thank you for loving us and watching over us lord let all that we are praise you we will praise you as long as we live we will sing your praises with our dying breath our hope is in you all of you the lord our god as you created heaven earth the sea and everything in them you keep your promises forever we stand amazed at how awesome you are how amazing is the triune god there is just not enough words so we want to just say amen amen if you have your bible with you today your social media device with you you can either turn to or download upload uh, click on um, psalms 149 verse 4 i will be reading in the voice translation psalms 149 verse 4 and i will be reading in the voice translation for the lord is the eternal, I should say, for the eternal is listening, and nothing pleases him more than his people. He raises up the poor and endows them with his salvation. Let me say it one more time. For the eternal is listening, and nothing pleases him more than his people. He raises up the poor and endows them with his salvation in another verse it says the lord takes the light in his people he crowns the humble with victory may the lord add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of his word amen overall psalms 149 is the 149th psalm of the book of psalms it is a hymn as the book's uh, pen, pen, I can't say it correctly, pentiment piece. A hymn as the book's pentiment piece. A pentiment for many people means the very last or the very best. They're wrong. The word ultimate ultimate itself comes from the latin word for last final or far east the pen part of the pentamate 
is simply the Latin prefix that means almost. So the word literally means almost last. Stay with me here. Similar at, to Psalm 96 and Psalm 98. Cantate Domino. Psalm 149 calls to praise God in music, to praise God in dance, because he has chosen his people and helped them to victory. Psalms 149 also calls to be ready to fight. Looking at the focus scripture for the Lord taking pleasure in his people, not all mankind, though they are all his people by creation and are under the care of his providence, yet they are not all acceptable to him. Hear me very carefully on this. But are abhorred, that means regarded with disgust by him for their sins and transgressions. But these are a special and peculiar people whom he has foreknown and chosen, taken into the covenant of his grace, and provided in it blessings for them, whom he has given to Christ and he has redeemed, and who are called by the Spirit and grace of God whereby they appear to be his people. These the Lord loves with a love of complacency and delight. He takes pleasure in their persons as considered in Christ, in whom they are accepted with him, as they are clothed with his righteousness and made comely through his comeliness as washed in his precious blood and adorned with the graces of his spirit. Yes, he takes pleasure in their services done in faith and from love and to his glory in their sacrifices of prayer and praise as offered up through Christ in the company of them and communion with them and in their prosperity and happiness here and hereafter. In the other part of this scripture focus that says, He will beautify the meek with salvation. That is, humble and lowly souls who have been truly humbled under a sense of sin brought to submit to the righteousness of Christ and to depend upon the grace of God for salvation are to are subject to the yoke of Christ and patiently submit to the will of God under every dispensation of providence are not easily provoked to wrath are free from envy and malice have mean thoughts of themselves and high ones of other saints. These the Lord beautifies now with more grace with which salvation is connected. 
with the robe of Christ's righteousness and the garments of his salvation, which are beautiful ones, and he will beautify them with eternal salvation, with the white robes of immorality and bliss, when they will shine as the sun in the kingdom of heaven. Now for us today, let's look at relationships. One of the biggest reasons for its demise is that the foundation is not solid. That is, couples are dating. Yes, but, no, but one is dating for marriage and the other is dating, is just dating. In plural relationships, people are doing the same with the added parameter, a hookup. When they are just hookups, someone always gets hurt. Both of these are not a good situation because how can you build a stable, close foundation? As soon as trouble comes about, someone is out the door and a full buffet of maladaptive dysfunction is in your front door. And if you don't do something about it, that is by removing yourself, you'll become entangled in webs of stuff that's breaking you down, stealing your precious time. If you are a woman, your childbearing years are being stake taken from you. And if you are a man, your strong days of youth and health when testosterone is healthy and vibrant and you can build your family without the countless age-related abnormalities standing at your front door. But as we take our youth, as we take our youth for granted, we sometimes lose so much. However, we often do not realize this until we get older or something comes up. In 2060, 2060 or 2060, according to the U.S. Census, the number of adults aged 65 years or older will total about 98 million or one quarter of, a, of, of the population. The aging adult may need to manage some milestones such as menopause, emptiness, retirement, not to mention being the sandwich generation that cares for parents and children. Can you think about that? That's something interesting. You might think that older people are grumpy, they're doddling, frail, and feeble, and that and that's how you age is dictated by your genes. This is not the case at all, not in the least. Overall, they are more conscientious, they're more agreeable, agreeable and they're better able to regulate their emotions. They have higher levels of happiness than their middle life counterparts, and they're often more mellow have flexibility in their mindsets, and are more grateful. Many older people today report better health, greater wealth, and higher levels of education than elders in past decades. And that is really remarkable. Science 
is paying a lot of attention to the well-being of people in their later years. One area of concern is cognitive function and the effects of dementia and Alzheimer's disease. Physical health is another important area of common concern for an aged population. Keeping the body moving and healthy helps to ensure the quality of a long life. Additionally, surveys find that more young people are turning to elders for advice and wisdom in the range of domains. And today, people over 65 and older suffer less debilitating diseases, um, disorders. People aged 75 to 84 report fewer impairments and fewer people are living in nursing homes or in assisted living arrangements. Plus, life expectancy has increased by a wide margin. Men can expect to live around the, to around the age of 83 and a woman can expect to live about age 85. Now today, I want to turn my focus to another area that, that's um, really damaging. Today, with one year plus of COVID-19, yes, I have to talk about COVID, because this, this, this is what's going on right now. With the reopening of workplaces and schools, I've been hearing a lot about catching up, quote-unquote, catching up, and the idea that somehow we can make up for what has been lost in the past year or so. Even among the, my community, as we acknowledge the toll that working remotely, living in isolation, and schooling children at home has had on our on our on people everywhere, there has been talk about how anyone, any organization will catch up in the coming years. It's time to catch up on catching up. There is no catching up. There really just isn't any catch up. As leaders, parents, and individuals, we should not underestimate the impact of a year of disruption and isolation has brought us. Maybe we should look at it the way athletes look at it. Athletes provide a good model for understanding why catching up is an unhealthy approach to 2021 and 2022 and 2023. When a runner is sidelined by an injury, you know when they, they get injured, they cannot run. Perhaps they take on another sport like cycling or swimming which has some transferable benefits, but it isn't the same. Then, when they are healed, they start back at running at a slow pace and for a short duration. If they ran 15 miles a week before they got injured, they do not run 30 miles a week after the injury. To try to make up for miles that were not run would be just ridiculous and would likely lead to another injury. More importantly, overtrained might shorten their athletic careers. We can take a page from this. It's the same way with returning to work 
and other pursuits. Right now, many people are just exhausted. And I definitely understand what you're saying with this. Um, working remotely, managing caregiver responsibilities, coping with social isolation and anxiety have left us all on the injured list. When we are able to return to a world more like 2019 and before, trying to make up for hours lost by doing extra hours is likely to lead to more emotional exhaustion. For me and maybe some of you, as a scientist, I am thinking about how to integrate the triune God in all of this and move forward and use the proper tools to move onward and not be complacent. I am shy of 59 years old and I want to get to my promised land. I don't know about you that God has set for me. And with that said, in addition, work on trauma integration and trauma recovery as it describes the stages of recovery in which people acknowledge trauma and integrate the traumatic events into their life's narrative and sense of self. This year has been traumatic for all of us. The traumas may include loss of loved ones, and I've written so many condolences almost daily, and I'm sure you have too. Social isolation, then we've got the anxiety and the fear loss of control and emotional exhaustion. Many of these experiences are accompanied by physiological symptoms such as disrupted sleep, poor digestion, and physical pain. In addition with losses of jobs and losses of social networks, People may be grappling with identity issues. Who the heck am I without my career? Who the heck am I without such and such? People are vaccinated and restaurants and schools are reopening. And that's a good thing. But the emotional and the physical burdens are not erased. Instead, the reduction in COVID-related anxiety and concerns can provide people with the mental space and the energy to recover from chronic stress, build new identities, and regain physical health. Instead of catching up on the last year, I think maybe it's a year and a half now, of work, people will be spending the rest of 2021 trying to recover and rebuild. And then finally, there are positive outcomes from 2020 that should be acknowledged. Work on post-traumatic growth has shown that people have grown closer to their neighbors, that they never really talked to them except when they were backing up and gave a high five. Um, They've established healthy patterns and experienced greater gratitude. Instead of papering over 2020, building on experiences during the pandemic to continue, to continue on new paths can be extremely beneficial. In short, the goal should not be to make it as if 
the pandemic and the social distancing never ever happened. That is really dysfunctional because it did. It was real. And we have things to learn from the experience. Instead of trying to catch up, grant yourself the grace to just pick up. Give yourself time and space to move forward and onward from where you are. And as we close, let us go back to Jesus because he is standing at our door knocking. So we need to absolutely 100% unequivocally let him in and sit down with us. And we sit down too and, get, and get, let him get us right with what we need. Yes, we have been blindsided by COVID and millions are blindsided over vaccinations. But that's not our thing right now. We need Jesus to be with us and let him in and let us sit down. Let us talk. Jesus, but we have to also know that Jesus has this too. We also need to remember one big issue. Uh, not should say issue. Well, one big thing to this whole thing while we're looking at every other thing. We must remember that the master, and I'm going to say it in all caps, the master plan from the beginning before we were conceived in our mother's womb, the heavenly warrior defeats the beast. This is not a Netflix movie, but what is and has been going on and will be, will be completed as John writes. Revelations, let us not forget Revelations 19, verse 11. I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse, whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice, he judges and wages war. Apostle John saw heaven open and observed a rider on a white horse. The writer is identified using names such as Faithful is True. Like I said before, the earlier writer of a white horse seen by John in Revelations chapter 6 verse 2 has given no such description. But the writer in Revelations 19.11 is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ who identified himself to the church in Laodicea as the faithful and true witness. Christ is faithful to avenge the death of the martyrs and to keep his promises. He promised to come again and true to his word, he will come to earth a second time at the close of the tribulation because he is all knowing. Nothing escapes him, his attention. Nothing escapes his attention. Jesus knows everything, all about his enemies. He knows about the enemies' injustices. He knows about the immoralities and the blasphemy, and he judges them rightly. He goes to war with them. And we have to remember that in the ancient Roman world, victorious generals would ride white horses in a victory parade. Their legions will follow them and drag their captives behind them. So it is appropriate to say that Jesus, the believer's commander-in-chief, our commander-in-chief. Remember, we do have a commander-in-chief, and that's Jesus. He rides a white horse as he returns to earth. The description which follows emphasizes 
Christ's absolute majesty and power and victory. After all we've done, all the hurt, all the pain, all the storms, after all we have done, we have to remember that we have to continue to trust. Open that door first and let him in. Sit down, talk to us. We are, and then we have to trust him. And we, and we don't lose your praise in that. We have to stand and we have to um, don't lose our faith, our trust, and our hope and our joy. Don't lose your focus because the triune God has this and the victory is on the way for everything that we are enduring. And many priors, we have to know also as we're closing that there are many scriptures prophesizing about this victory as in Matthew 25. And you can read that for yourself. Then we have Zechariah 14 verse 1 through 4. 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 7 through 12. You can read that for yourself. That's another testimony. Hebrews 9, verses 27 through 28. You can read that. And then Jude 1, chapter 1, 14 through 15. You can read that for yourself. Christ arrives in a blaze of glory, obliterating his enemies single-handedly at the head of the armies of heaven and the antichrist and the false prophets that we see everywhere become the first to cast into the lake of fire so don't worry about that you keep your mind on jesus because ushering in the beginning of a christ millennial reign on earth jesus has this so as we close, we will give focus and honor to our gracious Father when we will bless him. We rise as we thank him for being the king of glory. We will rise today and thank him for being our father, our redeemer, our shepherd, and our king. And we rise as we thank him for reconciling us back to where we need to be through Jesus, our Savior. We are thankful for the Holy Spirit who is our promised advocate who empowers us to be effective witnesses all day long to your kingdom here on earth. And as we rise, we thank you for loving us and watching over us. And we rise today, Lord, let all that we are praise you. We will praise you as long as we live, and we will sing your praises to our dying death. Our hope is in you today and tomorrow as we rise. We can rise because you created heaven and earth and the sea and everything in it. And we can rise because you put every, because you keep every promise forever. May you rise, may you rise, may you rise. Have a blessed and beautiful day. And remember that Jesus has this too. Amen.